From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 479. This episode is brought to you by Fitbod, ExpressVPN, and Notion. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Vatici. Ciao, Federico. Ciao, Mike. Welcome back. Thank you. No Steven this week. Uh, mm. Just to let everybody know, Steven's had the metal taken out of his foot. He's doing good, but he's yeah. on painkillers, so he's giving him a week off. Mm. Uh, what should people do to tell Steven that he's missed? Just send him anything feet-related. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> nope. don't say that on the internet. I've said it. You send Stephen anything you want related to feet. He'll appreciate okay. it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Do that however you want. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means yeah. to you. Uh, yeah. I will say uh, thank you for the lovely haikus. It made, I felt very loved last week receiving am, all these haikus. Pleased. I am pleased that that was your reaction. That was the goal. Uh-huh. Uh, did you enjoy people's creativity with the haikus? Yeah, it was very good. But the main thing was people were just being very nice to me, which was lovely. Mm. It was, you know, I was on Mastodon. I was just like scrolling through and there was just loads of lovely haikus. People telling me how much I was missed, which was wonderful. So mm. I, I really appreciated it. But so next time Stephen's away, we'll do something nice for him. But look, to be fair, maybe he'll like the feet related content. I don't know. Uh, some people are into that. So, yeah. um, if you yeah. don't want to send him weird stuff, just send him a foot emoji. You know, That's what yeah, that, that works. Yeah, it works. Or it can be weird stuff. We're, we're not. We're not. We're not judging. I got here, some weird haikus. You know? So, cool. You know. Yeah, <laughs> most right. of them were lovely. Yeah, some of them are odd. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's fine. We got to give a shout out to mm. Eric because Eric did the thing. Yes, that I don't know anybody has done before. I think someone else did it before, but I If I'm you not. have done this what we're about to say, then you can write in and let us know and we will yeah. and I will correct myself next week. Yes. But Eric did the thing. Eric took a trip to Frederico Christmas trees. Yes. What I think we will refer to as the connected pilgrimage. Yes. <laughs> they went to the, Frederico Christmas the, I don't know if they said connected connected sent them. I don't know if that happened. I know that was a thing that you wanted people to do. Mm-hmm. But I'll put the link to, to Eric's mm-hmm. Mastodon post in the show notes. And Eric even calls it a pilgrimage. But yep. took took the trip, went to Frederico Christmas trees, had very nice things to say about Frederico's Christmas trees. Uh, Eric said genuinely the nicest Christmas trees I've ever seen. Yep. That's because you know they source them from Ohio and all the other places. Knows. Everybody knows, knows about top Ohio quality trees at yep. Frederico's Christmas trees. Um, so yeah, thank you, Eric. And if you want to end up on this program, uh, with a link in the show notes and a mention, just like Eric, uh, you just gotta, just gotta do the weird pilgrimage to Federico's Christmas tree, um, somewhere in Utah. I never recall the name of the town, uh, but yeah, that's, that's how you do it. Thank you, Eric. So on last week's show, listener Jason wrote in to talk about the fact that they dropped a AirPod in a pool. And oh, yeah. you two, and I was definitely uh, coming along for the ride on this one, couldn't understand why it took three to four minutes to find yes. a net when surely there was a net already in 
Jason's hand. So Jason wrote in to say, To clarify about why it took me three to four minutes to get the AirPod out of the pool, I did have a net and I was scooping leaves from the surface of the pool. But this was in the deep end, and the AirPod fell about seven feet deep where it was harder to see among the leaves. I tried to use the net, but it was challenging to scoop it out with the net at that depth, which is why it took as long as it did. Now, what Jason hasn't said here is, did Jason go in? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. This is the last piece of information. So, Jason, if you could write back in again. Jason, did you go in? How did you get it then? If it wasn't there. Did you send someone else? (laughs) (laughs) A really tall... Do you you live with a basketball player? Did you ask them to go down and get it for you? These are the questions. Do you have a scuba diving dog? Uh, Like, uh, what... uh, You know, like, uh, how... So, so if it was challenging to scoop it out, then how did you do it? Yeah, um, we've got, we got to know. Maybe you took an epic dive into the pool yourself. Maybe, you know? maybe. Is there video evidence of this, Jason? I like, wish. we need to know at this point. So stay tuned for this uh, continuing series of follow-up items about listener Jason and an AirPod that fell into a pool seven feet deep. Listener Jono wrote in and said, guys, I think I found Japanese Federico on YouTube. All right, okay. Okay. (laughs) This guy has built a pretty big following in Japan for the use of iPad as his daily driver. Then this week, he drops a video about the X-Real glasses. Ah, see? See? All us iPad people, we're doing this now. Yeah. Oh, look at Hiroka Utah doing the thing with the glasses. Yep. Is that how I look with the glasses? I'm gonna. Probably. Here's what I'm gonna say, Federico. I'm gonna go. Out, I'm just gonna say a thing. You are very cool, very handsome, right? Thank you, thank you. I think I think that Yuta-san is cooler than you. Mm. Look at him. Look how cool he looks. You know. So well, Yuta-san, san doesn't have tattoos. So, well, how do you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't know. Not on his hand. Yeah. Um, Mm, that's part of your coolness, for sure. But you see, he's wearing, like he's got setup. like the Japanese style of clothing, which I just think is yeah, super cool. You yeah, know? very minimal. But I love the office, like yep. very Japanese, yep. very minimal. Very love nice. The, love the accent colors, the yellow and the green in the background. The video yeah, is you, shot very well too. Like this guy is, this guy is a very good YouTuber. Mm. Well, I don't know what he's saying though, but I'm sure. No, it's I mean, good. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, but I mean, three hundred seventy-eight thousand subscribers. Um, let's see, skimming through the channel. Here's something uh, I'm he- going to say too. I I already referenced this in the pro show, but I'm a big fan of the kind of funny podcasts. They're sponsored by Xreal right now, and I'm like, come oh, nice. on, nice. bring that money over here. We yeah. have the number one spokesman on this show yeah. for the X-Real glasses. I have gone, as you will hear in l- later in the show, I have gone to such great lengths. Greater lengths? Greater lengths. Oh, my word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to make sure that I can use my X-Real glasses exactly how I want. So come on, X-Real. So. Throw the money at your favorite boys. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Speaking of throwing money at the favorite boys. Speaking of money. <laughs> <laughs> Go to giverelay.com. You can get 20% off an annual membership plan until December 15th. This can be, uh, you know, if maybe you are an existing member and you're hearing this, I'm going to keep it short because of that. 
uh, you can gift this to someone. Maybe there's someone in your life. You love the Connected Pro so much that you want to gift a Connected Pro annual plan to someone. You can do that by going to giverelay.com. Or maybe you are thinking to yourself, man, I really wish I could listen to all this cool stuff they talk about on Connected Pro and not have to hear any ads. Also, go to giverelay.com, 20% off an annual plan until December 15th. So that's only like a week and a bit longer. Do not miss out. We only do this once a year. So giverelay.com, 20% off an annual plan. You can choose Connected Pro. You can choose other shows too, but you should choose Connected Pro because it's good and we're good Mm. and you love us. So go to giverelay.com. I have great news for you, Federico. Okay. Threads comes to the EU in December. Well, it, it is December. Where's Threads? So actually, he's saying that, I saw, uh, uh, I got shared this via the algorithm, that there was an update yesterday to the Threads app, which includes localization strings for lots of languages in like European languages. So Very nice. Okay, I think it's okay. happening. It's happening. It's ha- so, do I still have the app installed on my phone? Uh, let's see. Uh, no, I do not. I deleted it because it was too sad. Um, so, this is. I, I mean, I'm pleased. I feel like I've been uh, sort of cut out from all this fun that my friends are having mm-hmm. um, on Threads. And uh, yeah, I will be back as soon as the uh, the law allows me to be back. So. I can't wait. I'm I'm genuinely really keen to see what you think of threads coming into it cold effectively. Mm. Right? Because I mean I've seen it change and expand. You've seen and, it you've seen it change. Yeah, like it's gotten it's very different now from when it started, right? Like how so? Well, there's the algorithm, there's also the for you, right? So mm-hmm. like the for you and also like the following. So you got that that option. Also, the community has kind of solidified itself a little bit more, grown a little bit more. Um, it's very different to Mastodon, in like at mm. least for me, like the people that are there and the type of content. It's very different, and so I'm interested to see what you think of it coming into it, having not seen it change. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, because I can. Um, I'm seeing now that I can read my timeline, but I can't do anything else. Oh, so um, that's changed. And I can right? switch between for you and following. So you um, weren't able to do that before, right? So it's clearly happening. At some, at some point, I wasn't. Yeah, they of course, cut you if off. I sti- if I tap on a post, um, it still doesn't load the replies. I can't see anything. Uh, but at least I can scroll my timeline. Um this looks like from a quick scheme, this looks a lot more like Twitter. Yes. Um, it's the closest thing to a Twitter like experience that I have seen like kind of post my Twitter usage. Mm. And I would say that is for good, but can also be for bad. Like I get stuff served by the algorithm that I don't necessarily want, but I've kind of developed more of a sense of like if I see that stuff, I either mute those accounts or block those accounts or just like close threads. Like I get political stuff in there. It's like I don't want this. Like this isn't what I want here. But yeah, it, it there is still a lot of interesting stuff though that I see because a lot of it is based off the Instagram algorithm, right? And so mm. I follow a lot of 
people on Instagram, a lot of different interests that I have. And so I see a lot of stuff on threads, which is like, oh yeah, I can see where you serve this. Like I get a lot of F1 news on threads, even though I don't follow accounts, but that's good because that's what I want in the algorithm, like stuff I'm interested in, but don't necessarily want all the time. So I think it's, I think it's good. And I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens when uh, all of Europe joins threads as well. Nice, nice. Well, well, we're coming, Threads. All, you all better watch out. We're coming. Uh, so, all right. So, uh, what what is it about this charger that you want? Mic and chargers. Like, what's yeah. happening here? Why do you want to talk about a charger? So, Dan wrote in to say, how does Mike like the Mophie 3-in-1 charger? Which, by the way, Dan, great memory. Because I said that I wanted a... Uh, a charger for travel. I mentioned this a couple of months ago. This is the first trip that I've taken since buying this charger because I wanted post in my USB-C world and in my MagSafe mm. world, I wanted a different charging solution than what I was using before, which is just like plugging in a bunch of cables. I think that this Mophie 3-in-1 charger for me is like basically perfect for travel. It's a nice little like brick which kind of snaps together and you open it up and you have Apple Watch, a MagSafe, and a little chi spot for AirPods Pro. And I will say since I bought it, they've actually updated it. It now has a 15-watt MagSafe and Apple Watch fast charger, like in the new version, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't have. But I, that wasn't... I thought, oh, is this going to be a problem? But I didn't notice any issue with charging. You know, like I'm charging when I'm sleeping mostly, and so it wasn't too much of a problem. But it's cool that they did update it for this. Uh, so yeah, I I recommend this like for a charging solution. It folds down super small, um, and you just need like a USB C cable and a brick. It comes in a little pouch. I didn't take all that stuff because I use the um, I use a little multi port travel charger from the company's name I don't remember now, uh, but I'll find it and put it in the show notes. Um, that I I'm really happy with that charger. It was one that Gray found, Minute or something like that. Minute mm. charger. I don't know. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. But that that paired with this is like it's pretty perfect for me for, for my needs. I did notice that Twelve South though have just released yeah. a very adorable and it's nice, really nice looking travel charger. But it's just um, it's just Apple Watch and MagSafe. But that's probably enough. Like. I don't really feel like you need an AirPods charger so much because it can charge on both of those things, right? Yep. Um, yep. But I think this is really cool. It's called the Butterfly. It's a very cool looking piece of hardware. It's very small. Yeah, I, I think it looks good. Very small. And of course, you got to provide your own USB-C power. Uh, but as long as you have any of these like modern gun chargers that are really small or even just a USB-C uh, battery like you can just power this thing and supply 15 watts and you'll be good um so yeah this the the butterfly from 12 south it looks really nice um i may consider it as a travel thing but i i do really like this one that i bought so like i'm not going to change to to this other one but like this is very good like this looks really cool too i'm i'll be intrigued if you get one i'll be really be intrigued to see what you think about it but this feels like aesthetically it fits for you too this this 12 south one i feel like this is like a federico style kind of thing mm. yeah oh and actually it seems like uh it actually comes with a braided usb-c cable and a bunch of travel adapters so there you go you don't even need to provide your own power this is perfect uh so yeah i i'm a big fan of 12 south products and uh yeah i think i may i may get this one actually looks really nice 
Looks, it does look really nice, actually. Uh, yeah, Minix is the thing. I, I was M-I-N-I-X. That's mm. the Turbo 3-port GAN war charger. That's my charger of choice. There's two USB-C, one USB-A. I actually really like this thing. This is a, another top recommendation. This one came from Gray. I really like it. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at FitBod. When you're looking to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to get started, which is why I'm pleased to let you know that FitBod is an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that is just for you. Everybody has a fitness path that is unique to them, which is why FitBod uses data to make sure that they customize things exactly to suit you. By using a powerful algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and training ability, FitBod will create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment you have access to, all contained inside of an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform every exercise. Superior results are achieved when a workout program is tailored to your unique body, unique experience, environment, and your goals. Your muscles will also improve when they work together. So overworking some muscles while underworking others will negatively impact your results overall, which is why FitBod tracks your muscle fatigue, tracks the exercises that you're doing, and and the recovery that you're going to need for those muscles to build and design a well-balanced workout routine for you. This is by mixing up your muscle groups, your exercises, your sets, your reps, and the weight you're using over time to make sure that you're keeping your overall strength and body sharp. This also will serve to make your gym sessions feel fresh because I know I felt this before. You know, I've used some apps and some programs in the past before I found FitBod where I was doing the same things over and over again and this does not lend itself to me to want to continue doing these plans because I find them boring. But the FitBod system will make sure to give you new exercises. They're also super easy to look, to learn how to do because they have thousands of HD video tutorials inside of the app for these exercises. They shoot them from multiple angles, so it's really easy to learn. It also integrates with your Apple Watch, your Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health, along with allowing you to keep track of your achievements and personal bests with their tracking charts inside of FitBod. Personalized training of this quality can be really expensive. FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me slash connected. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash connected. That is fitbod.me slash connected and you'll get 25% off your membership. A thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. Everyone's going wild on the internet for mm. the beeper mini beeper That's beeper mini <laughs> i love the name beeper mini this um, is i think in our uh part of the world has taken over it's taken mm. everybody by storm uh in the last week or last actually 24 hours or so yes um how familiar are you with this thing so far i've tried beeper uh both beeper and texts which is a similar competing product by the makers of wordpress um a few weeks ago i i have both a beeper and a texts uh, account uh these are um uh, both services that try to sort of consolidate consolidate your messaging services into a single chat ui mm-hmm. and uh, I tried Beeper before, but uh, that's when they were using the relay method for uh, accessing iMessage, which essentially involved uh, spinning up a virtual Mac in the cloud and logging in with your Apple ID. But this is a different thing. 
Beeper Mini is an Android client for iMessage that actually logs you into iMessage without having a computer somewhere in the cloud with your account. And this is possible because Beeper Mini talks directly to the iMessage uh, API in the cloud since they were able to reverse engineer the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is the key difference. I really recommend a uh, friend of the show, Quinn Nelson, made a really great video kind of mm-hmm. showing how this works and then actually showing how it works in action. Like he was talking to this system himself, right? Like it, it, as well, like to kind of show, because it's, uh, it's all open source, like the way that this yeah. has been reverse engineered. But if you want to use it in, like actually on your Android phone, Beeper Mini is the way to do it. Uh, it is a monthly subscription of two dollars a month, created by the founder of Pebble, which is funny to me. The smart nice. one, yeah. Um, he created the company Beeper, and then uh, there was an engineer who I think was is a is a student who worked yeah. out this reverse engineering method, and it effectively allows for iMessage on an Android phone and supports like group messages with the data that comes with them, like names and photos and stuff, sharing full-rise media, typing indicators, uh, threads, like the way that threading works in iMessage, supports stickers and GIFs, tapbacks, basically everything. I was only missing stuff like message effects and <laughs> iMessage apps, <laughs> which Incredible. it says they don't think Who they'll cares? ever be able to work out, which <laughs> yeah. I think we're all good with that. This is pretty wild. Like it, Essentially, you, you're not creating a new... You don't even need to create an iMessage account, like an, an Apple ID for this. It just works with your Android phone number. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Um, and if you're Apple, you got to believe that they must be so upset yes. that this is possible. And I don't know if technically possible at all, but I am pretty confident that they're trying all they can do to close whatever technique they used to reverse engineer iMessage. But it may be, if this is an actual like complete reverse engineer of how iMessages are sent from an iPhone to another Apple device, which seems to be the case, it may be hard for Apple to close this loophole because it's not technically a loophole. You, If you are simulating, and if you're saying, I'm an iPhone, I'm an Apple device, I'm sending iMessages, um, I don't want to get too technical here, but uh, also because I cannot get yeah, this, this is, technical. I mean, I watch I watch Quinn's video, and it and it is this is a little above my pay grade. Yeah, uh, so I don't even know if it's possible for Apple to close this, but I have to believe that they're trying uh, because obviously, <sighs> I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, why not? They might want to. I'm very sure they will want to, but it's awkward right now right Mm. because Mm. they're at the same time trying to say they're not a gatekeeper but like i feel like probably the way around this is some element of it's breaking a terms oops we actually we accidentally or they just you know could release an upgrade to iMessage and in the process he breaks this you know third-party integrations and they'd be like no we just uh, we just uh, applied our regular updates to the iMessage service realistically that could just happen anyway right like that could just happen as part of like a course of business kind of thing but here's the thing uh if this happened two or three years ago i'd feel very confident they'd get it shut down 
but I think it, I think just the politics. Now they gotta tread lightly, is yeah. what you're saying, because yeah. they, they are under the microscope of yep. the EU. And, and you know, we've mm. seen documentation that has come out in court cases where they're talking about the fact that iMessage is a lock-in for the iOS ecosystem. Like, there, there are conversations where some exact, I don't remember who it was, I think someone mentioned to Phil Schiller or Phil Schiller sent to someone about should we put it on Android? And it was like, no, we shouldn't do that. So like, it's a, it's a bad look to shut this down now. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, like I know it's a big deal, but like, if you're going to go to these lengths, you're not switching to an iPhone. Like, Anyway, like I've got to believe, like someone who would pay two dollars a month to be a blue bubble rather than a green bubble is pr- is like they're they're pretty entrenched, I'm sure, right at this point. Like, are you really gonna get really gonna grab that customer? I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm not fully understanding the like psychology of someone making this decision. But I just feel like it's kind of like, what's the point? Like, make these people dance, right? Make mm-hmm. their lives harder in some way or another by making changes to the system because you're going to make changes to the system. But I feel like they want, but also they're a very litigious company. Like (laughs) I could very, I could uh, look if they haven't sent a cease and desist, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. Um, But cease and desists can be argued and, and like without anybody ever knowing a thing about it. And so like you can, you can go around and around on this one and Beeper might be able to get a good case together, but I'm pretty confident that... I'm pretty confident this is breaking an end-user license agreement, but at oh, the yeah, same somewhere. time... Yes. At the same time, if you're not signing up for an Apple ID to do this, are you breaking an end-user license agreement? Mm. I, don't I don't know, know man. Um, if I was Beeper, I would... And, and if Apple came with the season deceased or like in, a, in in any sort of litigious form i would seriously consider an acquisition from a bigger company to have the resources to fight them um oh yeah Take you know this samsung or <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but would, yeah. That, would samsung want to touch it right because that feels like uh, that i, I see know. what you're saying but at the same time like this is this is <laughs> this is like something falling off the back of a truck Mm-hmm. You know, this is these are like hot goods. Like I don't know if you want to go near this. I'll I'll say this though: what this opens up uh, for us Apple users, um, and I'm gonna say this just something that came in my mind 20 seconds ago. Um, iMessage obviously uh, has a pretty strong locking effect, right? Uh-huh. Um, our group chat is on iMessage. My thread with Sylvia is an iMessage. Uh, you know, I, I got all my groups in there. Um, but now with this beeper solution, I could realistically consider um, something like a, like, a, like a foldable device that I use as my reading, uh, like as an e-reader, like one of these Samsung or um, what's the other company that makes the cool foldable uh, OnePlus? Is it? No, it's not OnePlus. Who is it that makes uh, another interesting foldable device? Oh, it is the well. OnePlus is making one right now. OnePlus it, is making one. It's based one. on the Oppo. Oppo, yes, thank you. Because they're the uh, same company, like, essentially. W- whenever I tried Android devices as like consumption, because Android devices, especially the tablet form factor ones, are great for reading, watching YouTube, and emulators. 
right? Uh, because from the Google Play Store, you can get all of these things. Um, but whenever I set up one of those Android devices, I missed the fact that I couldn't text you guys, you know? It's like, oh, I got to grab my phone and, and you know, it's uh, now with this, with Beeper Mini, I could stay logged into iMessage, but finally use one of these Android uh, foldables as my entertainment devices. Yeah, because it's, you could, we could just add your Android phone number to the group yep, chat for the time yep, that you're... Yep. Yeah. So just two dollars uh, a month. Mm-hmm. Two dollars a month. Beeper Mini. Uh, 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 until it lasts, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if it that, lasts, that we'll is like I could not. If you tell me to put money on whether Apple will try and get it taken down or not, I feel like I couldn't because it, mm-hmm. this is very complicated. Like, yeah, I can see that it's very difficult for them, but they do a lot of things which I wouldn't do if I was them. <laughs> right like mm-hmm. they still do them anyway um yeah. and like they, they they make decisions where i'm like oh, i don't know if I, I don't know if this is a good idea but they do it anyway so maybe that maybe they will like lawyer up yeah i, w- I want to know what john thinks about this oh well uh we'll be able to ask him soon because right, he's going to be on the show next week right maybe yeah. maybe we could talk about it uh if uh well i, I won't be around maybe in a week time. Beeper Mini won't be around anymore. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it won't even matter. <laughs> Who knows? See what OCJ thinks. Here's the thing. I wanted to talk to you about the IA writer AI mm. thing. I mm. put it in the show notes today just when I saw the headline. I then mm. went and read about it and I find it way less interesting, but I want to talk to you about it anyway. Okay. So, IA, the Information Architects is the name of the company, right? Yes, that is correct. They have introduced a new tool in IA writer to allow you to have a greater view over what text would look like if you're using an AI assistant to help you. Their whole focus with this update is having AI help you write, but not write for you. So the idea is you would be writing something and then you want some help from an, from ChatGPT. You go to ChatGPT, you ask it to write something for you. And when you pay, you copy and paste that text into IA Writer and you can choose to paste as it came from AI and it changes the color of the text. So your text that you write is in black. The text that the AI writes is in gray. The idea being that you would go as a, a good writer and edit what the AI system gave you so then you can get a view of how much has been changed before you publish that text or whatever this is interesting but when i heard about it i thought that they'd integrated ChatGPT into the system which i think would be much more compelling as a way to deal with this that like Mm -hmm. you would call in a IA writer you give it a prompt like you can do in a bunch of apps and it would write the text for you and it would appear in a different color and then you could edit it oh yeah see that's that's some, that's something else that I would also very much like. Yes, yes. this is what mm-hmm. it should do, but instead you're just it's just a fancy copy and paste. But the formatting idea is very good, and they're actually trying to push this as like to become a standard that like that you're very aware of what you once it's finished, what you wrote, and what the AI wrote, and like you can take your own thought about that. And this is where. <sighs> I'm gonna say something potentially controversial because I saw a lot of people uh, loving this feature, and I'm very confused by it. I love IA Writer. I think it's a really good app, and it's my text editor when I'm not using Obsidian. If I want to edit 
like a markdown file from someone else. That's what I use. I've been using IA Writer for a very long time, but I don't get this feature. Um, it almost feel like it almost feels like, and I get this sort of vibe from the announcement that, and maybe it's just me. Look, maybe it's maybe it's just my perspective, but I, I almost get the feeling that that they want to make you feel bad for using AI-generated content, like shaming you into making you feel like, haha, you fool, look at this. ChatGPT wrote this, not you. Like, I don't, I don't like that whole attitude of like, ooh, now and, and computers and AI are going to replace humans. So now we're going to give you a feature to make you feel bad about the things that you didn't write yourself. And like... And 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 I, and I don't get it because like if I'm the writer and I'm using the application IA Writer, and then I go to the ChatGPT website and I ask ChatGPT for something, and then I manually paste it back into IA Writer, I know what I wrote and I know what it's not mine. Like the whole point of being a writer should be that you know what you wrote. So why should I make myself feel bad for uh. getting a little help from another tool? I mean, this I feels to me it. like one of those features that, like, uh, we're a writer's writing app, you know? Yeah, okay. You know what All I mean? Right. And so it's like, we would never, you know, we're above this. Sure. Okay. I think that there's something interesting to that. And I, I see, but I see where, uh, interesting to what they're doing, but I see where you're coming from. And it's like, maybe it just depends on somebody's, the way that they approach it, but. I do feel though, like, like so, like Kate in the chat has posed the idea. But what if you wrote something, left for a week, came back? Would you nope. still remember? But no, my... I've been doing. I've been doing this for fifteen years, and let me tell you, I remember every single well, thing, thing I wrote. Let's say you would, but I can imagine where Kate is coming from that someone could forget. But my, but what I would say but if to some, that is, uh, uh, but but someone who would forget is someone who uses IA Writer. Maybe, but let's imagine mm. this gets integrated into every app, right? But, but but the point that I would make to to Kate's point is, if you forget, does it matter? Like, also if that you use ChatGPT to help you write something, and at the end of it, you don't know, does it matter? No, it does not matter. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you do it manually and and like and intentionally. And if you do this for a living, you will remember what you wrote and what you didn't. And if you are the kind of writer who doesn't remember and you use ChatGPT to help you create content, it means you don't care what you wrote and what ChatGPT wrote. Therefore, the feature doesn't make a lot of sense because you don't care anyway. And then, so like Ryan says... Here, this is this isn't a really interesting conversation. Ryan says, for a lot of professional work, directly copying from ChatGPT would not fly. Yes, so don't do it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. if yeah. if if you shouldn't do it, don't do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's why oh, I can help myself. I just look at that ChatGPT website. Ooh, I, tripped I just and fell. I, I tripped and fell into the ChatGPT copy and paste box. Yeah. I don't know how. Mm. Because in, in, in a mode like that, use it, but don't copy and paste from it. Right? <laughs> like, Use it to to help spark some thoughts for you, but then write your own words. Yep. Like, I th- I think that there is, I think there is something interesting here, but I see where you're coming from. It's an interesting I, way of trying to address a problem, but is the problem there? I don't know. I, I guess a better way to frame my position would be that I, as soon as I saw this announcement, and I I wasn't the beta and everything. Okay. Um, 
I felt this mismatch between the audience of a uh, IA writer and this feature. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I strongly feel like the audience, the typical customer of IA writer, is not the kind of person who copies and pastes from ChatGPT. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you're right. And it's like they made a feature for a person who does not use ChatGPT. And so it's like, why? You know, anyway. iWriter is pretty cool. I will never use this feature. Um, But they should, like, I would totally use an integrated version of like, hey, help me proofread this stuff. Um, You know, but don't, you know. My personal opinion, if you are a writer for a living, don't let ChatGPT write your stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. With me, for a lot of, like, for this stuff right now, I use ChatGPT a lot for improving my grammar. Like, yeah. don't change what I wrote, but but yeah. make it better for people that yeah. read it and get annoyed. <laughs> that's great. And I that's will use great. it on the description of this episode. Like, I will write a description for this episode. I will paste it into ChatGPT, and I will ask it to fix my grammar. Because yeah. that is, like, my biggest use of ChatGPT specifically. I have also been using it for searching stuff recently, mm-hmm. and it has been better for me in some instances Like, what kind Google. of stuff? What kind of stuff? you're searching for uh oh let me let me actually like well i don't i don't mean to pry in your no no it's, it's, <laughs> chat yeah, GPT search history. I'm, I'm gonna look through my chat gpt search history now um oh okay here's one so we just did an update this is not intended to be promo but here we go now we just did an update to the sidekick notepad website actually we built the sidekick notepad website we made a website mm. for it and one of the things that i wanted was to have quotes from people that have reviewed it. And so I asked ChatGPT to find quotes from reviews of the Sidekick Notepad and give me the URLs that they came from. And so it could just go and search the entire internet for me and pull out quotes. So I didn't even have to read the reviews again to get the quotes. Like That is just a more efficient way to do a search than me Google Sidekick Notepad review and then read through every article. Like, I've read them before, but I didn't save the quotes. So I found that to be helpful. What else? That's a good use case. Um, when I was looking for budgeting apps, I asked ChatGPT, and it gave me mm. a bunch of selections. Um, Very nice. Very that's nice. all I've got yeah. right now for you. Yeah. I use it a lot for proofreading and for... Uh, yeah, more complex searches that wouldn't cut it on mm-hmm. Google, especially when your query is framed more like uh, there's like multiple steps involved. Like what you just mentioned, hey, I need to find people who wrote a review of this product and also give me the links to those. Like it's a multi-step query. Yep. And I think that's exactly what, what ChatGPT is strong at, which by the way, uh, j- as we were recording the show, Google released finally the long-anticipated Gemini, Gemini. Um, mm-hmm. model, uh, which is already integrated in Google Bard. So okay. uh, there's apparently three three flavors of Gemini, Gemini Nano uh, Pro, which is what Bard is using, and there's Gemini Ultra, which is coming out next year. Uh, so more companies doing the Ultra uh, <laughs> moniker for, for products. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I'll be now interested I, to hear what, what that's all about. But yeah. I don't really have a lot of... I don't really have a lot of uh, hope for google in this if i'm being completely honest 
Um, I'll, I'll say I some of the searches I remember that I'd done now, but I I just deleted them because they weren't important to have in my history. Like when we were on holiday, I was asking for like restaurant recommendations because mm. I could give it what I was looking for, and it was just easier. Like I'm looking for this style of food in this area. Could you recommend restaurants that also have outside seating? Like that is so much easier to get results from than Google, in my opinion. Whether they're good results or not, it's always a starting point. But like that kind of query is just better than Googling that query. Although mm. maybe I could use Google Bard now to get that answer. I don't know. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. If you're looking for something new to watch during your holiday downtime, this is information you need. Maybe you've already watched Home Alone too many times this year. Maybe you want to change from the usual movies. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location. And if you use Netflix, that means you could get a whole new library of content. Because if you didn't know, Netflix has different shows and movies in every country. If you're in Canada, you could get We're the Millers, which is a movie that is, that's a, I think, a classic comedy. I watched that a few weeks ago. That was a good, good show. In the UK, if you want to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, we have that on Netflix here. It's super simple to do this. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app on any computer. Or, and actually, TV, They today I saw a headline mm-hmm. about this. They yep. put ExpressVPN on the Apple TV, on which the is Apple TV. awesome. That yep. is awesome. So now, you, when you're on your Apple TV, you can fire up ExpressVPN, change your location, refresh the app that you want, like Netflix or whatever, and you'll get different content from the different countries. ExpressVPN lets you choose from almost 100 different ones. Imagine all the libraries you could go through. ExpressVPN will also help you access content on other streaming services like Disney+, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and many more. I use this a lot when I am traveling, and I don't want to carry on watching a show that I was watching on a service at home, but it won't work otherwise. So I love it for that. In general, VPNs can be super slow, making this kind of not good, like a not good experience. That is why you should use ExpressVPN. It is so fast. You do not see buffering. You do not see lag. You can stream in HD quality. This holiday season, gift yourself a brand new library of content. Go to expressvpn.com slash connected. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash connected. Expressvpn.com slash connected to learn more. A thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I uh, am aware of the fact that there is some new hardware in your home. Uh, when yes. our listeners last heard, you had a Bridge Max keyboard, uh, Bridge mm-hmm. Max Plus keyboard. How Bridge Max how Plus? Was that, how was that fed? Lasted six hours. Okay. okay. Um, well, to be fair, there's that's six more hours that I was hoping for. Uh, I thought it was going to be totally broken or that it wouldn't turn on. It did turn on, and I liked it quite a bit for the first six hours and then the trackpad stopped working altogether and the worst part is there used to be a bridge connect utility on the app store uh, that you could download to update the firmware of your keyboard Mm. but since the bridge company went under and then it was acquired again i read somewhere on reddit that the developer certificate of the app expired and the new owners couldn't be bothered to renew it so bridge connect is gone from the app store i'm stuck on an older firmware for this keyboard and apparently the newer firmware like the latest version they released improved the trackpad reliability but i there's no way for me to update the keyboard so the trackpad stopped working and and so did my hope for the bridge keyboard um 
it was nice. And I can confirm that the new magnetic attachment mechanism is so much better than the clips they had before. Um, the viewing angles were great, um, but the trackpad was not. It's and, pretty important. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like uh, at some point, like it just started acting acting totally randomly, like it's doing things it was not supposed to do. So, yeah. Uh, very unfortunate. It's now in a drawer somewhere. Hopefully, at some point, it will be possible to update the firmware of a bridge keyboard again. We'll see. But I have much bigger, um, let's say, fish to fry, Mike, so to okay. speak. Uh, the Doku 3 iPad keyboard. Around. Oh, here we go. This was the one that you had bought and were waiting to arrive, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, took a took a long time. Multiple multiple carriers uh, handed this keyboard to the you know f- to each other and eventually to the Italian post office. But I have it; it's with me, and I have thoughts. So, first off, build quality. Um, so, I'll just say this: the aluminum enclosure is great. The sort of a, the flat back upon which you attach the, the iPad is good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the same mechanism as the Magic Keyboard. The iPad is floating above the keyboard, so it doesn't support as many viewing angles as the Bridge One. This has the same viewing angles of an Apple Magic Keyboard. But the keyboard is backlit and has a function row. However, the keyboard is barely passable. I don't love the uh, the travel the travel of the keys. I don't it, they they feel a bit flimsy to me like they, they you know when you have those keyboards that make like a little plasticky noise when you, I mean Mike you know about keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um I don't love the sound. I prefer the more muted approach of the of the Magic keyboard and um yeah a, I don't love, also, I don't like how the letters are not printed in the center of the key. They're sort of printed in the bottom right corner okay. for some reason. And this makes it feel like a retro keyboard to me. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, um, it works and it's fine. Right, the bottom um, right corner? Yeah, the, the, le- the letters are printed on the bottom right corner of the key itself. Okay, I think that's going... F- that is a weird placement to be that small too. Like I'm looking on the, the website. That is... that They made a lot of decisions to get to that point and I feel like they were all wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're not going to do it in the middle or the top left. We're going to do it in the bottom right. Okay, bottom you're right. going to do bottom it... Right. Are you going to do it like like the old Apple keyboards where it was italicized? No, we're not going to do that. Okay. What size are you going to do the printing? The smallest possible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um that said, uh so the travel is not as uh, nice and as the magic keyboard that's okay. Now we get to the good stuff. The build quality of the case is great. It does feel it does feel like like an Apple product. It's sturdy. It's 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 got uh, chamfered edges. It's really nice. Um, the function keys. So there's there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, talk when Apple announced the Magic Keyboard. Oh, they couldn't do a function row because then you wouldn't be able to access the function row if the iPad is floating above it. Let me tell you, you can access the function row just fine. Uh, I. You know, I was playing and pausing music, controlling my volume, controlling brightness without having to use Control Center. It's great. 
I love having a function row there. There's a button that like simulates the old home button, takes you back home. Uh, they didn't do an esque an, an escape key, which is a bummer. I would have rather I think I would have rather taken an escape key than a home button or a home key, and there's no way to remap that button, unfortunately. So that that's something worth keeping in mind. But having a function row in there is great, especially for quick music playback controls. Mm. Um, but the best part, Mike. Um, actually, no, let me talk about the trackpad. Okay. So the trackpad, it's not as nice as the Apple trackpad. And that is not a surprise. But, but, it is much better than the bridge one. So whatever this company, DocoMidi, is doing to reverse engineer how a Bluetooth trackpad should work, they have done a better job than bridge so far. Okay. Um, I've been using this keyboard for the whole day. I wrote in it. I've done email. I've done Mastodon. I've used gestures for stage manager for just, you know, uh, two finger gesture, three finger ones, four finger ones. Like they all worked. The trackpad is not as perfect as the Apple Magic trackpad, right? Um, sometimes it lags for a fraction of a second. Um, the uh, I had to take the speed of the pointer up a notch in settings because I found it too slow with the setting that I that I normally use with my Magic Keyboard. Hmm. Occasionally, when I hold down the Command key, say that I'm in Google and I want to hold down Command and then click on a search result to open yep. it in a new tab. Sometimes when I hold down Command, the pointer sort of lags behind for a fraction of a second and then it catches up again. But the thing is, they I get the feeling that they are obviously reverse engineering how a trackpad should work and they did it much better than Bridge. Uh, I can use it. I've been using the whole I've been using this keyboard the whole day and it works. But keep in mind that it's not as like if the Apple trackpad is 100% perfect, this is like 75 to 80%. The feeling of an Apple Magic trackpad. It's a very close approximation, but still an approximation. In fact, I would say that the worst part of the trackpad is the build quality. Just like the keyboard, it feels kind of flimsy. And I don't like the noise that it makes when you click it. I don't know if you can make this out. It's really more it. clicky than a magic trackpad. Is uh, it which is, um is it like mechanical the clicking? Like is is it like can you click the entire trackpad and it still works or is it like hinging? I can click the entire trackpad. Okay. Yeah, I clicked in the bottom left corner and I opened an app on the home screen. So yeah, it works. The best part, of course, is the hub in the back of the keyboard. So in the back of the keyboard, there's a, there's a full-on hub mm -hmm. for USB-C, USB-A, and HDMI. And here we get to the really good stuff. Um, there's a, the keyboard is provided with a short USB-C cable that connects the iPad to the keyboard itself. Mm -hmm. uh, that's because, I mean, the keyboard is also a hub, so you got to connect uh, the iPad to the keyboard via USB-C cable. Uh, you have this really short, it's like 15 centimeters USB-C cable. Uh, you put it on the side of the iPad when it's docked on the keyboard, and it, it doesn't bother me at all. In the back, you have one USB-C port for pass-through charging, 
So when the iPad is connected to the keyboard and you plug your main sort of USB-C source of power in the back of the iPad into the USB-C port of the keyboard, it works. It fast charges your iPad. So you have fast charging pass-through. You have two USB-A ports for data and you have one HDMI. Then you have two SD and micro SD slots. I haven't tested the micro SD slots yet, but I have done some other tests today, Mike. So uh, I'm going to talk about this shortly. I also received my Sony Pulse earbuds okay. for the PlayStation 5. And those earbuds, they come with the PlayStation Link adapter, which is a small USB-A dongle that you plug into things and allows you for faster connections than it's Bluetooth. It's USB-A? It's USB-A. What yeah, it's USB-A. Doing? I don't know. I don't know. It's USB-A. Um, now, whatever DocuMedia did with this USB hub, their USB-C, their, their USB ports, both the USB-C1 and the USB-A ports, they do not support audio pass-through, it seems. I plugged my PS Link adapter into the ports of the DocuMedia keyboard. The PS Link was recognized by iPadOS, but I couldn't hear any audio. Then I plugged the PS Link adapter into the iPad Pro directly, and it worked. So there appears to be bugs with USB audio with the DocuMedi keyboards. Everything else, however, Mike, worked. I tried my glasses, of course. There's an HDMI out port, so I did an HDMI cable connected to the HDMI adapter that I use already for my Nintendo Switch, and then to my glasses, and it worked out of the box. So I can plug in my existing cable setup for the Nintendo Switch, in the back of the Doco keyboard, and it works. Stage Manager activated, and uh, I could use the iPad with my X-Real glasses. Uh, Ethernet works. Uh, I built, and I sent you photos, you can include these photos in the show yep. notes, I built this beautiful contraption of an Ethernet adapter. Uh, see, I wanted to have a, uh, I wanted to have an Ethernet to USB-C adapter that didn't have, yeah, people in, in Discord can see. I didn't want to have the USB-C adapter sort of just, you know, wobbling in the back of my iPad or in the back of, of my Steam Deck. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, so I created this monster that actually works. It's, a, it's an Ethernet patch cable connected to a TP-Link Ethernet to USB-C adapter. Then there's a USB-C female to USB-C female dongle in between. And lastly, the USB-C cable I actually want to use. Um, I use this for my Steam Deck and I can use this for my iPad and it works. I get beautiful one gigabit uh, Ethernet on my iPad with the Doco MIDI keyboard. And... Lastly, you are still living in your own world. No one's living in this world. Some people are. Well, it might be. Well, there's actually just one person who lives in this world, which is Hiroaka Yuta, who we spoke about earlier on in the show. Yes. I feel like the two of you are living in your own plane of existence right now with mm -hmm. the things that you're up to, you know? So, uh, maybe. Um, so, the thing is, um, I'm going to keep using this keyboard 
All right. Despite the many things I would change about it, starting from how the letters are printed, uh-huh. um, the convenience of the hub and the convenience of the function row makes it right now, at this point in time, a preferable option to the magic keyboard with a big asterisk. And that asterisk being assuming that the trackpad keeps working and that the bugs don't start growing or yeah. duplicating themselves over time. Because I, I, I remain convinced that all these folks, they are reverse engineering how a magic trackpad works and maybe something will break at some point. I'm pretty sure that 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 when Bridge did this, they said that that was what they were doing, right? Yeah. That they reverse engineered it. Yeah. So right now it works, and it's much better than a Bridge keyboard ever was. Uh, I would love for Doco MIDI to make a fully adjustable version of this keyboard right with the same mechanism of the bridge one yeah because again like this one is closer to the magic keyboard yeah right? the viewing it's, angles it's, are yeah. the same as the magic keyboard really. it's cantilevering so, just cantilevering over there you know just floating above a function row which is really useful to have now very quickly mike before we talk i think you want to you want well i want to talk to you about my steam deck setup yeah yep. the sony pulse earbuds these are the new sort of PlayStation 5-themed earbuds that Sony is making. Uh, I received them today, and I got to tell you, I was not expecting to love these earbuds, but I do for a very specific reason. Not just because they look cool, they look like a mini PS5, but they're actually is an earbuds case. Finally, Mike, I have a single set of earbuds that I can use with three separate handhelds. Okay. So, I said, I believe on Unwind or App Stories that I sold my PS Portal. I did not end up selling it. The okay. guy who bought it online didn't pay me. Oh. So, of course, I didn't ship it. Good. Um, and in doing that, I, out of curiosity, I realized, well, now that I have an Eero right next to me at night, let me see if the portal improves with stronger Wi-Fi right next to it. Yep. And, and boy, did it improve. <laughs> it was oh, okay. much better with an Eero sitting a meter away from it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it. Yeah, I returned. I bought one and returned it because the, the, it was bad. Yeah. It, the you lag was really, work, really yeah. bad and I did not enjoy it. So I returned mine. The, these earbuds, they are incredible for me specifically, because they do exactly what I wanted. I can use them with my Steam Deck, the PS Portal, and the Nintendo Switch, each with a different connection method. And you just can toggle between them with the click of a button on the earbuds. Uh, on the PS Portal, the PS Portal has native PS Link support. You press a button on the portal, mm -hmm. and it detects that there are Sony Pulse earbuds nearby, and it connects to them. In the Steam Deck, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, I can plug in the PS Link adapter directly so that you know the Steam Deck sees the adapter, uh, routes the audio to the adapter, oh. and I can hear games music in my earbuds. Why don't so you the dongle Bluetooth for that? Hold on. I'm using Bluetooth for the Nintendo Switch. So the same earbuds are paired 
via Bluetooth to my Nintendo Switch. So when I am playing on my Nintendo Switch, uh, I just press a button on the on the earbuds and they connect to my Nintendo. So but one aren't set they of Bluetooth five point one. Like you compare it to multiple devices with Bluetooth. Well, but I just prefer, you know, I have the adapter and I have okay. multiple USB ports on my Steam Deck, okay. so why not? And again, we'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. that in a few minutes, um, you know? And this way, and I tested this before, I tested this today, um, uh, it works. So I, I just, uh, you know, cycling through multiple consoles, like, it, and I'm never going to do this in real life. Like, it's not like, I'm, oh, now let me play on the Steam Deck. Oh, now I want to play on my Nintendo. Actually, no, let me grab my portal now. Like, I'm never going to do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I tested it and it works. So they sound great. Um, they work with the portal. They work with the Steam Deck. I, uh, I got rid of all the earbuds I was using. Now I have one set of earbuds for three handouts. Beautiful. That's pretty good, actually, to have, like, these are your gaming headphones. Like Yes, finally. Uh, like, I just have one thing that I can use for all my portable devices. How's the audio quality? Because these are planar headphones. Yes, right? it's, 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 very, it's actually very good. It's more biased. I mean, being video game earbuds, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I'm going to say something that you're going to make fun of me for. Um, very biased towards, you know, trebles mm. and highs mm-hmm. uh yeah they sound good i wouldn't recommend it as music listening earbuds yeah but they sound but they sound really good for what they do how are the mids are they crunchy yeah yes okay. crunchy crunchy mids and the bass is it a well-rounded soundstage Crunchy meets shimmering highs, you know, all all those adjectives are here, Mike, for you. Well rounded. Well rounded, strong, crunchy mids and bass. These do look cool though. If if I my thought was if I liked the portal, I was gonna get these because the it's ridiculous yeah. that the portal doesn't have Bluetooth. So you, you have to use wired headphones. Yeah. But I didn't like the portal, so I didn't mm. get these. So, if anything, I'm actually kind of happy that they didn't release these at the same time, which was ridiculous to me at first. But then I didn't have to re- replace uh, to to return two products. So, I'm happy about that. So, but I um, I have decided to take the money that I got for my PlayStation Portal and put it towards the consideration of a Steam Deck mm-hmm. OLED. And oh, so, okay, let's do this. Let's yeah. Mhm. Mhm. But mm-hmm. before we get there, let me take our final break of this week's episode and thank our friends at Notion for their support of this week's episode. Notion combines your notes, your documents and projects all together in one beautiful space. And navigating that space is easier than ever thanks to Notion's new feature, Q&A. Q&A is an AI assistant that can answer questions about the next quarter's roadmap, find that marketing campaign proposal you're looking for, or dig up a long-lost link all in seconds. I am very deep into Notion now. I have two spaces. I have one for me. I have one for Cortex brand. And I am living the life of living my life in Notion. I put so much stuff in there. I love that the data that I put into it can be represented in different ways. Maybe I want this to look like a Kanban board. Maybe I want this to look like a calendar. You're able to use the same pieces of information just with the right metadata represented in a bunch of different ways. It's really easy to share stuff with people, to work in a collaborative space. It's really easy 
to integrate loads of different services. And I have been using Notion AI for a bunch of different things. My two favorite things that I've been doing so far, I use Notion AI to help me summarize actions from meeting notes. I'm taking notes during meetings. I could say, use, uh, give me the action items and it will go through and give me them. And I've used Notion Q&A a few times now. I used it just yesterday to be like, what was the order that we wanted to make for such and such project next June? And it went through and found that I were talking about that in a previous meeting and Notion Q&A gave me the answers to that question. Really cool. I didn't have to go search for it because it would have been complicated to search for it because I didn't remember where I'd said it, but Notion Q&A can help surface that. Notion AI can give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wikis, your projects, your docs, and your meeting notes. You can ask Q&A questions from anywhere in Notion so you can find exactly what you need without leaving the document that you're working on right now, staying focused on what's important. When you use Notion AI, it's even easier to do your most meaningful work. Plus, you can trust your data is secure because Notion AI is designed to protect your information. No models are trained with your information, the data is encrypted, and the answers will never use information from pages that you don't have access to. Try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash connected. That's all lowercase letters, N-O-T-I-O-N dot com slash connected to try the powerful, easy-to-use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. That is notion.com slash connected. Our thanks to Notion for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, sell me on the Steam Deck OLED. Okay, uh... To sell you on the Steam Deck OLED, the first thing you gotta know is that the display looks incredible. And it makes your games look better. And it's very pleasant for the eyes. And you're gonna be happy just by looking at it. Mm. So the reason you should get it is that you you love video games. I do. And this display makes you love video games even more. I love to love video games. Yep. And the reason... and 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 I'm also... I'm going to talk about my version of the Steam Deck shortly, but seriously, uh, the weight reduction is really nice and oh noticeable. Mm-hmm. The The fact that it comes with Wi-Fi 6, 6E even, I want to say, uh, is remarkable. You, can, you will see much faster downloads when you download like chunky games like uh, Cyberpunk, for example. Cyberpunk looks really cool. Because it supports HDR, and this is OLED with HDR on this screen. Um, but seriously, like it's an, it's not just like, like like. It it really is remarkable how good this display looks. Uh, I think it looks better than the Nintendo one as a as a panel. I think it looks better, um, and like playing any colorful game. Like I'm playing Sea of Stars at the moment and it looks just incredible. Like it's so bright and vivid and it's just, it, you know, it's nice. It's a nice object is all I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, my version of the Steam Deck, I call the Tichi Deck. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about the Tichi Deck. I, I have almost reached the final form of the Tichi Deck. Uh, so this is something that started as an experiment inspired by a Mac Stories reader uh, who sent me a very nice email uh, weeks ago. Um, so the idea is I mounted on the back of the Steam Deck a pluggable uh, slim uh, Thunderbolt hub. It's a five-in-one 
pluggable hub. It's the smallest Thunderbolt hub in existence. It's very, very slim. And initially, I mounted this with Velcro mm-hmm. to the back of the Steam Deck. Now, I'm using, for the moment, uh, an accessory called the Deckmate. They also make a version for the ROG Ally called the Ally Mate. Um, the, uh, but I'm waiting for OTJ to ship me a potentially better solution from Etsy that was not available for shipping in Italy. Um, but for now, I'm using this mounting clip called the Deckmate. Um, and uh, gonna, there's going to be links in the show notes uh, and pictures. Uh, you will see this hub mounted to the back of the Steam Deck and oh. this short USB-C cable made by Satechi. It's a flat USB-C cable that connects the, sli- the Steam Deck to the hub. And I provide power to the hub from any uh, USB-C adapter or battery because I have a USB-C to DC converter cable. Uh, the advantage here... I'm just so impressed. I don't know how you do this. I'm so impressed with you sometimes. Lots of research. These but like that amount of research, I just don't know if I have the ability to deal with it. You know? I, love, I love modding things. And yeah. coming up with solutions. Uh, this way, for a it's even better on the Steam Deck OLED because like I'm tri- I'm I'm sort of before I could tell that I was adding some weight to the Steam Deck. Uh-huh. But now because the Steam Deck OLED lost 30 grams, it's even better. It's much more balanced, and I don't mind playing games like this. Uh, with this thing mounted to the back of the console, especially if I'm lying in bed and so placing the console on my lap is not a problem. Because now I get to plug multiple things in the Steam Deck, including my glasses over USB-C. And this is why I needed to get this hub, because I gotta have fast USB data transfer. Not just any, you know, generic $30 USB hub. I gotta provide video out over USB-C. So this is why I got a USB 4 Thunderbolt 4 hub. I can plug my glasses and play with my glasses as I feel like I'm bothering Sylvia with a beautiful OLED display. Uh, I can plug in my Ethernet monster into this thing. And I can stream PS5 games or, and I'm going to tell you this, Mike, I can stream over Ethernet PC games. I can stream Cyberpunk 2077 at Psycho Settings over my network with Moonlight on the Steam Deck. Um, I can plug in uh, my audio adapter. As you can see in the pictures, there's the... um, PS Link adapter plugged in. Uh, I could also plug it into the top of the uh, of the hub, I guess, because there's a USB-A port at the top that I totally forgot about. Uh, so yeah, this is my, my Tichy deck. I'm still waiting for John to ship me. I think he's getting it today, actually. And then he will ship it to me. The alternative mounted solution that we found on Etsy. Uh, John has been assisting me in this research stage. So thank you, John, as always. Uh, but yeah, this the Steam Deck for me has become my ultimate sort of portable machine. It does everything: um, indie games, uh, streaming PC games from my from my gaming PC, gaming PC, which incidentally it is an ROG Ally with a mobile eGPU, but that's a different conversation. Uh, yeah. And or I can play with my glasses, or I can play with the OLED display. I have options, and if there's one thing I love in life is having options and flexibility. I love two things: modding stuff and having options. And 
these two things that I love in life are coming together in this team deck, which I absolutely adore. I'm very intrigued. I think I'm going to do it because I think I can sell my old Steam Deck to help fund Mm -hmm. this purchase. I sold it in like two days. Like people want it. People want the Steam Deck. So I will recommend it, you know. What one do you have? Uh, Of the OLED one? Yeah. Do you have the like... Don't get my recommendation. Don't get the one terabyte model. Because okay. it's got the uh, the etched uh, display, like the uh, get the mid model, get the five twelve gig model, because it, it comes with a glossy display. Now, unless you plan on playing video games with the light source reflecting above you at all times, get the glossy one because it makes the OLED pop even yeah, that's, more. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that the like I'd figured that the etched. Yep one would maybe make it look a little duller like in the way yes, that the, the, the apple one does you know like the it pro does. display or whatever yep yep, yep. If you can avoid playing with the light source directly above yep. the display of the steam get the glossy one it looks incredible I also don't need that like I have like a big SD like micro SD card which has yep. got a lot of my games on it anyway and I would actually yep. be easier when moving from Steam Deck to Steam Deck I assume. Can you just pop uh, an SD card out and put it in? Will it work? Like on the, on the I d- I didn't do it. I don't, but also I wanted to start fresh. I had a lot of plugins on the old Steam Deck, a lot of like junk. I was <laughs> like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wipe it. Uh, I'm just gonna wipe it and re-download everything, um, which I did. And yeah. it, you know, it took like an hour. Uh, now that I have fiber, I don't care anymore about these things. Well, you've you have done what the chapter says. You have sold me. I am absolutely sold on this now. Because as well, I want to play uh, the new Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should wait. Because I played the first. I played Cyberpunk on my Steam Deck completely. So I want to do Phantom Liberty, and I guess yeah. I should wait. I I bet it would look really, really, really good with OLED. Yeah, I, I, can I think I think good. it will. I think it will. All right. Also, the white thing, mentioning that. Yeah. Like, I didn't really think about that or I'd forgotten about that, but like there being a, a white difference. But yeah, I feel like with the money I save from getting my return on the PS portal and the money that I would make for selling my Steam Deck, I could probably fund the entire purchase of it. Yeah, for sure. I have one last thing I want to ask you about today. The founders of Workflow oh, yeah. that became okay. Shortcuts left Apple. Hmm. And they have started a new company mm. uh, along with another with Kim Beverett, who wor- who was working yeah. at Apple for a long time uh, in various. Uh, I think was probably working with them at Shortcuts or on the Siri team. I think yes. They have left to form a new company with the greatest name ever, Software Applications Incorporated. Really good name. They have a cool website. The website uh, is basically it's just a Mac OS. Eight emulation, and they are working on bringing some form of uh, AI tools to the desktop. We spoke about this a little bit on Upgrade, but I actually, if you have anything you wanted to mention on that specifically, please do, but I wanted to ask you some questions about shortcuts. Did you have anything you wanted to mention on this? Like, I know you wrote a post about it on Mac Stories. Yeah, I mean, um, it's exciting. I think if there's a, a team of people who can do this sort of thing, like uh, a large language model integrated with your operating system. I think that's, you know, th- these folks, they know how to do it. Yep. Um, Getting computers to do things. Like, yeah. this is what they do, right? Like, this, this is what, what they they've do. done for a decade, probably at this point. For more than a decade at this point. Yep. Yeah. I mean, um, but I don't have anything else to say because there's nothing to see or try yep. at this point. 
But my question to you is, what do you think this means for shortcuts? Uh, I don't think it means much um, because uh, obviously shortcuts is continuing at Apple. And if my theory is right, um, they are go- I-, I feel like shortcuts will become a key component of the new Siri intelligence based on a large language model. Like the whole idea of, I have this theory where the whole idea of like asking the new Siri to do multiple things for you, I think it'll be backed by shortcuts. I think there's a scenario in which Apple is taking a large language model, or maybe they're just gonna, maybe they're just, they're just gonna keep things separate. But I feel like you will be able, whether it's presented as a, as a Siri feature or as a shortcut shortcuts feature, I think you will be able to build series of actions. You will be able to build these workflows, these shortcuts using natural language in iOS 18. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I don't think Apple is moving away from shortcuts. I think Apple is going even deeper on shortcuts, but not the kind of shortcuts that we know and love. So will that be a shock for power users? Most likely. Um, we'll see. But I don't think shortcuts is is done for at all at Apple. But it will be different, right? But it will be different. I, uh, to the point where I almost wonder if there's a if there's a, a scenario in which the the current shortcuts editor, the drag and drop one, inspired by Automator, inspired by a long history of automation tools, I wonder if there's a scenario in which that's referred to as the legacy editor of shortcuts at some point. We'll see, um, because yeah, you could you could put together shortcuts with natural language, but then you still gotta ed- edit them, right? You still gotta fine-tune them we'll see but i feel like i could see a point in which apple says well this visual thing with the actions that you move around that's the legacy stuff now our new editor looks like this and it's and it's different maybe it's more i don't know but but i feel like they will do something where you start with a sentence and you go from there i mean i really i do wonder if in the future, something like shortcuts is even needed anymore. Like, if something like what Software Applications Incorporated wants to do, like if Apple do something like that, where it's just like you're just telling the computer to do something, like, mm-hmm. do you need shortcuts? Like, no. if I could just tell the computer, like, do this, but that's far into the future, I still think, like, yeah, to be so, reliable. So, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was walking the dogs because I was listening to you on Upgrade. Uh-huh. Um, you. That's what I do. Um, and, um, so right now, shortcuts is needed because we have these this silos, right? Um, uh, there are the apps that we use. And so uh, a, a, a common sort of language is needed to make these apps communicate with each other, right? Um, and so you have shortcuts and you have the shortcuts UI and, the, and you have the intents and you have this, this manual ways to string these automations together. Mm-hmm. And you do it because there's no underlying sort of, uh, I don't, I don't want to keep referring to it as a language, but like an underlying common layer, which should be the intelligence of the computer to say, I want this to be done in this order, in these different places. Like even the idea and and now I'm projecting multiple years in the future. But like if this AI stuff really takes off, it could undermine the whole premise of an app. So say 
project yourself 10 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you're really using apps as these visual containers of data, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can just ask the computer, and the computer has this underlying intelligence that knows your content, effectively, an app is reduced to a visual container. It's a waste for, of time. It's a waste of time, and it becomes yeah. like the app that we know of today, a data container, uh, you know, something that you interact with, could become just a visual, like a theme. Apps could become themes, like little skins for your computer's intelligence. Sort of like back in the day, you used to install skins for Winamp on your mm-hmm. PC running Windows XP. Like that could become the future of apps if if AI takes off and your computer, like he doesn't care that you're using Fantastical or things or, or Safari anymore, right? Uh, I'm projecting multiple years down the road. But basically what I'm saying is... Is it though? This is the thing that I keep feeling like I'm getting tripped up on it. Like everything mm. I think is far away is seems to be mm. much closer than it originally appeared it's to a, be. It's a, a thinking this way, I think is a, is a coping mechanism for us to make us feel safer about our jobs because so much <laughs> of our identity is tied up. No, no, but hear me out. Oh, so much of, oh. of my identity at least is based on you know reviewing apps and thinking of these silos like shortcuts there's a, right. there's an app here there's an app there and this is how the like this we are living in unprecedented times in terms of like the technology that we use is changes right under our feet and it's scary and so we cope with that by saying well now we are projecting you know multiple years down the road will be fine but it's actually not yep. multiple years down the road yep. uh, but we say it to make us feel better i think okay <laughs> Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but it's like that's it's a it's not. I it's don't a thing to think, think about, right? Like it's a thing to think about. If your computer is powered by an underlying intelligence that is really intelligent, right? Um, what e- what even is an app anymore? Is what I'm asking, uh, and I don't know. Like yeah. um, uh, fundamentally, it comes down to think even things like why should apps why should like things the task manager be separate from to do is the task manager which is separate from omnifocus the task manager like they're all using three different data sets but if what i if my computer is like this sort of virtual being this intelligence that knows me why should I even use like a separate utility anymore? I'm just going to tell the computer, hey, by the way, remind me that I got to do this. Yeah. You know? Who knows, man? I don't know. I don't know. So what were we even saying? Oh, yeah, shortcuts. It's shortcuts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is it even needed anymore? It, it depends. Because then there's the there's the, the, the financial aspect of it, right? right? Apple makes money off of apps. On the App Store, they have this whole... And, and if you're Apple, you got to be thinking about this, right? You, you must be thinking about this. Like, well, if apps become mm. this, like, thing of the past, it shakes up an entire industry, an entire industry of developers, of apps, of subscriptions, of everything. Uh, and so, uh, you know, entertainment services will be fine. Netflix will be fine, you know. Um, but, like, this idea of, like, productivity apps and services... 
It's very complex. <laughs> hey, Federico, it's... maybe we're about to learn how much money Apple makes from productivity apps. Spoiler mm. alert, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, realistically, mm-hmm. it's games, right? It's games. It's games. It's and games. they're not going away because it's a form of entertainment. So, like, you know, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's, it's going to change stuff. Uh, from the economical standpoint, I guess we'll find out, like, how much is it really? <laughs> but, but, like, but like five years from now... Five years from now, what's stopping Apple from releasing a tool that is like a Siri version, whatever, mm-hmm. and which is like, and again, you hear me out, and I promise you, I'm not on drugs. I don't do drugs. I just have these thoughts. Um, picture, okay, hypercard, but with a large language model, yeah, in which you are effectively saying, "Hey, computer, I need an app that does this and looks like this." Um, and here's the data, and the interactions should be like this. Like, create software by text or by voice, and if you can do that, why would you even go on the App Store and look for something? This isn't wild to me. Like, this, you know, this sounds like what OpenAI is trying to do with their, like, Mm -hmm. custom GPTs. Like, it's this. So, like, I could imagine Apple getting into that business, which is, like, we will sell you capabilities that other people make. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, somebody's built their own custom app and they'll just sell it. Like, so mm-hmm. you could, you know. Basically, like, imagine if you... Imagine if there was a shortcuts store. Mm. You would be a shortcuts developer, right? Mm. So, like... Oh, yeah. Because you... I mean, you kind of, in a roundabout way, already are, right? Like, in the sense of, like, you give access to club Mac stories members yes certain shortcuts that are available for them but like this would I should, be like, I should have called it the shortcut store you should <laughs> there's still time you know um but like you you could have and would do that and so like somebody could do that with a GPT that they've made mm-hmm. and the best ones will make the most money I suppose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so much of this I think it depends on the Apple as a company that wants to do this uh, from a product perspective and Apple not doing this from a financial perspective because it maybe disrupts the App Store too much. But um, there is the question though of like, well, if somebody makes a phone that mm-hmm. does it and it ain't Apple, is that not a bigger financial risk? Yeah, also that. Right? Also so, that. Hey, I wouldn't want to be making these decisions right now. I'll tell you that. Mm. Hmm. So yeah, best of best of luck to the to Ari Conrad and Can't Kim. wait to see what yeah. they're doing. Cannot wait to see what they're doing. Yeah. If you want to catch the show notes for this week's episode and read everything we spoke about, you can look in your podcast app of choice. It's where it should be. But if it's not, for some reason, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 479. I would like to thank our sponsors for this episode. That is FitBud, ExpressVPN, and Notion. Thank you if you're a member and support the show. Don't forget, you can go to giverelay.com until December 15th and get 20% off an annual plan. If you want to find Federico online, he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net and one of the hosts of the MacStories Connected Universe of Podcasts. You can go to MacStories.net to find him. He is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, on Mastodon. Just do the thing and find him. I'm sure you can find him. 
uh, at some time. It'd be on Fred, Threads, and you'd be able to find them there mm. too. Threads yeah. with an F. That's, that's someone should make that <laughs> service for people who cannot say their THs properly. So it's a very, not European, but I guess English, but anyway. Uh, you can find me online. Uh, I host shows here on Relay FM. I make products over at cortexbrand.com and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Steven will be back next week, but you can find his work over at 5 pixelsnet I got a preview of a little article that he's been working on while in his uh, resting bed, so look forward to reading that over the next few days. I assume he's going to post it. It looks like fun stuff over at 5 pixelsnet is at ISMH. And please send him things related to feet, but good stuff. Not Don't get weird. Mm, Just send him yeah. good stuff. Things you think he'll like. How about that? We'll go yeah. with that. Uh, we'll be back. Well, I, I'm going to be away again. This month is weird, all right? We're just going to have to accept it. We're all in and out. But OTJ, I think, is joining the show next week, yep. which I'm looking forward to because John's a good time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Connected. Until next time, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. Cheerio.